you are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Um, Our theme music is a clip of Summer Nights by the Eric Jones Trio. It's provided by our friend Mark Chesanow, who plays with the Eric Jones Trio every Thursday and Sunday at Good Times Jazz Bar downtown. Hey, welcome to Arts on the Air. You are just listening to Pizza and Wine. Uh, this is Tamara Garvey. Melissa is unfortunately out this week, and I have Willie Smith with me. Welcome, Willie. Hey, how's it going? So good to have you. Glad to be here. I'm going to read a little bit from your bio. Um, you were born in Beaufort, South Carolina. Both your parents are music teachers, and you and your younger brother, Jared, were encouraged to tell stories and make art. Now a freelance artist working on an independent webcomic with your brother called Blackguard, and your love for pro wrestling led to collaborations with many industry wrestlers as well as world wrestling entertainment themselves. Ooh, it's a mouthful just saying that. It is a lot. World wrestling entertainment. Okay. Um, I wanted to start out, when did you move to Savannah? Uh, I came out to Savannah, I want to say 2002. Okay. Um, right after I graduated high school. And it looked like you attended a really sort of art specialized high school. It's very interesting. I did. Uh, I went to the Savannah, no, I went to the uh, Academy for Arts, Sciences, and Technologies. That was in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, My last two years in high school, I was pretty much at an art school that was prepping artists for college. And we even got to choose kind of like majors, like you can either choose arts, science, or, or, you know, doing technology type stuff. Um, I chose the arts, and then I was in the actual art program but they actually had like drama students as well and things oh, yeah. like that but um i was in the art class and my art teacher there miss bruton like let me do a comic book for my my senior project and she was very um encouraging about my art where normally like other art teachers like hey you gotta do more than comics she was like yeah i want you to learn about other arts but if comics is what you want to do yeah do it she was open. It didn't have to be drawing and painting. Exactly. Yeah. She even made me research like the history of like like Japanese comics, which they call manga, and the the history of American comics. Like she made me do like full paper reports, which to me, oh. it doesn't feel like homework when you're researching stuff you like. You know? Yeah. So, so she was very academic. Yeah. About it. Yeah. I had a ball there, man. It was, it was that's a cool. It sounds that's a very specialized kind of school. Yeah. It was awesome. And was that was awesome. in Myrtle Beach, you said. Mm-hmm. And then when you moved to Savannah, was that because you were going to be going to SCAD? Yeah, I found out about SCAD at, um, at the academy. I think maybe Miss Bruton even brought it up. It's like, hey, they actually let people <laughs> draw comics for, <laughs> for a four major. years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, shut up, man. Like, so she you, found out about it. I think she found major. out about okay. it for me. And then she said, you should, you should try it. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. And she was one of the teachers that wrote a recommendation for me, too, her and my band teacher. And my English teacher, who really encouraged me to do writing, but yeah. she would let me write stories about my comic book characters. Uh, her name was Miss Lewis. Oh, so you were like expanding them into just actual stories? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I got to practice my writing as well as drawing while I was there. How did your parents feel about you coming? I mean, you were staying in the area to them, so that must have been yeah, because nice because um, I was born in Beaufort, which is like forty-five minutes to an hour away from here. So they're like, "Oh, you'll be right next to all of your dad's side of the family." So cool if anyone needs to come get you they can drive right over <laughs> so yeah they, they were happy about it and Myrtle Beach is only like three hours away four hours away so yeah. they could just drive down the area. that's great um, and how long did you go to SCAD for I feel like because it was on and off I was also in the 
Army Reserves to help pay for school. So it feels like on and off, I feel like I was there for about three years. So okay. for a year, I had to go away because my Army unit was deployed. So I was out in Fort Bliss, Texas for a year. Wow. Doing Army stuff. Were you the only person you knew at SCAD who was in the reserves like that? I knew one other, but um, that's my good friend, Ida Mae Tate, who's also a painter now. She joined after I got out, <laughs> which was kind of weird. Our timing was off. Like, right as I was getting yeah. out, she joined. So you didn't have the experience together. You didn't have somebody no, to talk no, to. Yeah. No, no, um, Did you live in the dorms when you were here? I did. I was in O-House. Okay. <laughs> I still rep old house to this day. I love that, the classic place downtown. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Those old style, like, outside motels. <laughs> yeah, old house was fun. And it was so weird, like, after everybody from old house moved out, we still, like, all kept in touch. So it was almost like the closest thing to being, like, in, I guess, a fraternity. Oh, yeah. In a way, because yeah. it's like, hey, what up, old house? What up, old house? You know, we shout <laughs> each other out. So. It's very Melrose place. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, group, yeah. the group of kids. So when you so you went to SCAD for a few years and then you stopped at some point was it for finances? You finances, said? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I never got back to that. I um, I think overall I did about three years. Okay. Um, but was that long enough to start getting into the sequential art part of it? I would say. Yeah, I just didn't know that back then. Um, again, financially, I was like, yo, I can't afford to keep paying to go. And I remember having a conversation with my mom, who is a school teacher. Mm. And I told her, I was like, Mom, I don't think I can afford to keep going here. And I was expecting her to be like, well, what are you going to do? You got to do something. But instead, she was very encouraging. She was like, well, school's not going to go anywhere. If you decide you want to go back, you can go back. It's like yeah. right now, just it's time for you to figure out what you want to do. And I just did that. Um, at the time, I didn't think I was good enough. And looking back on it, I don't think I was. I, don't, I wasn't good enough to step into the field sequential art next so I just had to self-discipline myself to getting better with my art but I also started doing music so that kind of became like a that side not sidetracked me but that became my focus for a few years yeah and I should say we met years ago we both worked at Lady and Sons at the same time I was there from like 2005 to 2008-ish, mm-hmm. and there were, I did want to ask, I thought I always thought this was so interesting, there were a lot of guys who worked there at the same time as us who also were sequential art majors. Yeah. Was that a coincidence, or did like one of you get a job there and then we're like, hey friends, let's all work here together? It felt like coincidence, because a lot of them I didn't know until I worked there. A, a few of them I did know, and that's because we were doing music together. Okay. And this was at the Jinx, usually, yeah, right? Yeah, it was at the Jinx, the hip-hop night at the Jinx. Um, surprisingly, I guess a lot of comic book nerds also like the rap. There was a lot of crossover. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a few of them I did meet through music, but then a lot of guys I met there, I'd never even seen them on campus before. Okay. And then they'd be like, hey, man, you sequential? I was like, yeah, you sequential? I was like, yeah. You want to talk about comics? Yeah. So Let's <laughs> <laughs> comic book nerd yeah. out. This is the thing I love about Savannah is that frequently I feel like you meet somebody and then you find out that you would have met an entire second way eventually yeah, exactly. as well. There's yeah. a lot of kind of crossover paths and things. Yeah, it, it's so crazy. That. Like a lot of people I've met, I was like, man, yeah, if I had met you anywhere else, we would have instantly clicked. We just so happened to be here first. Yeah. So the years that you were doing the hip hop night at the Jinx, what, around when was that? I feel like around the years you were still at Lady Is that the mid 2000s? Yeah, mid 2000s. Okay. Um, 
And it was like, was that Tuesday nights? Tuesday nights, yeah. Every week. Yeah, every Tuesday night yes. you get up there, you freestyle, you got to do some songs. And then through that, I met the group called Dope Sandwich and they kind of recruited me into the group. And then from there, I actually got to travel with them and we do shows all up and down like the, the East Coast. And um, that's where like, I wasn't drawing as much. Yeah. Because I was just doing a lot of music. It sounds like you were kind of taking off. You were having some good success. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was unexpected, too. It was like something I was just doing for fun. And yeah. And then opportunities kept coming up. And I was like, when would I ever get this chance again? So Had was, you gotten on a stage much before that period? No. In fact, I was terrified of being yeah. on stage. Did, so, did one of them encourage you to start off? I was literally yanked onto okay. the stage. Um, they had a hook. Yeah, a, a good friend of mine, Derek Harmon, I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was on the stage. He had heard me rap before, and he was like, get on the stage. <laughs> and then I guess he acted like he wanted to shake my hand, and I went to shake his hand. I mean, D's a big guy. And, yes. he, and I was, I mean, I'm small now, but I was even smaller back then. He literally yanked me onto the stage. It was like, he gave me a microphone, like, rap. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it, you know. That's like in a movie where you look up and the audience is staring back at that's, you. That's what it felt like. You're frozen, holding the microphone, and then you start. That's what it felt Did like. Did it go I, well, that first one? I don't think anybody heard me. I didn't know how to project my voice oh, yeah. yet. Um, which, after a while, was like, I used to, going back to my mom, I used to sing in her choir. So, I know how to actually project from the diaphragm, but I just wasn't using that yet Yeah. rapping, you know? Also, being in a group is a lot it is. easier than just your voice alone. Yeah, yeah, because you have guys backing you up. Yeah. And that, that definitely helps. Sometimes your voice gives out, and they know your song, so they just rap they it for in. you. Yeah. So you had a few years where you were, you were working at the restaurant, and you were doing the Tuesday nights, mm-hmm. and then how did you get back into the drawing again? So... Uh, my brother, um, Gerard, he eventually graduated from, he was going to Clemson. He graduated, and like you said earlier, he and I, we've always been very creative. I mean, kids always play with their toys and stuff, but I mean, like, the amount of detail we would put into our storytelling, like, we would have arcs, like, chapters. Oh, yeah. And you would carry on from day to day, exactly, continuing yeah, the yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. Like if we finished, <laughs> like at the end of the day, when we got home from school the next day, it was like, okay, where do we leave off? Yeah. So and so was dangling off the cliff. So and it was a soap opera. Yeah, basically. yeah. We had we had every character's history, like who liked who, who didn't like who. Yeah. So that's we, what we were doing with Barbies too. Remember, we had long oh, yeah. range arcs. Yeah, that's dope. that's awesome. I love that kind of <laughs> stuff, man. And. um when he graduated, he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was thinking of maybe coming to Savannah. And I was actually thinking of leaving. Uh, and then he was like, well, I was like, well, if you're coming here, man, like, let's just hang out. Because, <laughs> like, we didn't have a chance to, like, hang out in years. Like, we've been living together, like, yeah. since we were kids. You yeah. know, I was like, yeah, man, come on down. We'll hang out. That's nice you guys were so close. We're, we're extremely tight. Like, even my dad says, like, He's like, it's almost weird how y'all get along. Like, y'all never fight. Because, <laughs> like, he said, like, him and his siblings, they fought all the time. How many years apart are you? Two years. Okay. Two years. Okay. So, I That's mean, nice. Yeah. Um, so, he came to town, and then, is that what you guys started this webcomic together? Yeah. Yeah, like, we just kind of, it started out as a joke. Like, the, j- <laughs> the joke was, hey, man, what if there were, what if there were superheroes that didn't want to really be superheroes? Um, oh, they were reluctant superheroes. Yeah, like, because they were like, what if they were villains? And I mean, this has been done in comics before. It was like, what if they were villains and they didn't want to save people and they they just ran away at every opportunity? Or they did the mission and they messed it up every single time. And we just started cracking these jokes back and forth. And it was like, wait a minute, man. Like, 
we keep talking about how we want to do a comic book. Let's just jump off of this. Like, we don't have any attachments to this yet because we have so many other stories where, like, we don't want to mess it up. Yeah. It's like, let's just use this as a practice one, and that became Blackguard. How did you... So, um, with sequential art, you know, there's all this... It's not, like, just drawing one single frame or anything. There's all this art and technicality to it of, like, where to lay it out and how to do the frames and how to break it up and how to put in the text. Mm -hmm. How did you guys figure out how to do all that? Um, Like, were the early ones just really terrible? Then they, they were terrible by the stands of like once to like where we got like looking at the, where we got to and then seeing the first one was like oh man like for one we were I was doing hand lettering like doing all the text by hand yeah um, eventually my brother was like hey um, because he's very com- computer savvy he started doing the text on his computer and I would let him handle all of that and at first he and I were both writing it but I came to find out I was like he's a much better writer than I am and that's why now he does stand up comedy like I think he found uh. his calling through stand up comedy through the comic book and um but like when the first one started out yeah like I'd always studied how comic books were made so I knew how to lay out a page yeah um but the process of writing it and getting it to the page was I don't want to say challenging that was just where we learned a lot and that's where my brother stepped up because like the way I wrote it was very long winded yeah because it has to be broken up on each page and yeah. within each frame too yeah it's what you don't specific. want is like a big bubble with a long paragraph in right it, you know? yeah it's not a book you're not right, reading it all right and he would find ways like he's just very good at having characters say things in very natural ways and very funny ways and giving it a rhythm yeah, that kind of goes back to the rap thing where it's like you got to find a way to say what you want to say without it being very monotone and just bland you know oh that makes sense yeah I can see there would be a lot of crossover with yeah. that and like the line breaks and everything yeah, exactly, maybe kind exactly. of like rapping learning how to emphasize the words so that people know this is where you're saying something strong and then this is where you're yeah. pulling back you know? so you you took on more of just the actual drawing yeah which which was good because I, I like to just draw and um and I guess for me, I was, like, very hands-on with, like, how the writing should be. But once I saw, like, oh, you're you're actually really good at writing. Because yeah. he went to school for, like, computer science. He was, like, doing, like, you know, websites. Okay. But, but then, he like, just had this really creative under... Yeah, like, he under. always he always would write stuff out. But I guess I'd never seen him write for a comic. Yeah. And once I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, you got this. I'm going to just draw. So you had the hard yeah. part of kind of... The thing, I mean, the thing I think is so interesting with sequential art is like, you know, you have to draw, you have like a vision in your head of what the action is of what you're drawing, what the character's doing, but then you also have to lay it out where the text bubble fits in there and it has to flow. And like, yeah. like if one character's talking and then the other one responds, then you have to have it where it's like reading from left to right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to yeah. think about with the layout. Yeah, that's where um, it's funny because it comes off as just, you know, I'm just buying comics, but really, like, when I buy a comic, I study every single one. I read and there are sometimes when it's like I mean it could be a Spider-Man comic and I'm like which is like top level that's Marvel and you read it and you'll be like man like this character should have said that line before this character or that yeah. bubble should have been here first because at first I might have to reread it a few times yeah. Like, oh yeah. he spoke first and when you see stuff like that you try not to do that in your own actual comic I would say maybe that's where the most challenge was because I would actually, like, he would write out stuff, my brother, he would write out stuff, and then I would take his dialogue, put tracing paper over 
the actual comic book drawings, and then I would draw where I think he should put the actual dialogue yeah. for each part. Yeah, you know? like you're laying it out as an element on yeah. the page. Yeah. I was wondering, you talked earlier about how you look at a lot of Japanese comics, which I'm sure most people who are into comic books do. Is there... Is there a lot of uh, movement in when people are doing like English language comics to bring in elements of the? Because the Japanese ones would be written. Is it top to bottom? Is that right? Are people kind of playing with sort of formal things of how um, books are read? Is being influenced by that? I don't think so. Cause I know like with with manga, it's read from. I'm trying to remember. It's read from the opposite way of English. Like yeah. From English, we read we read from what left to right. Yes. <laughs> I think in, in manga it's from right to left and that's weird but I've never seen anyone actually try to just make it that way in their own books like for an American book yeah I'm sure someone does because there are some people who are like manga purists yeah I just wondered if they were really experimental kind of yeah I'm, I'm sure like someone I'm sure someone does I'm sure there's somebody out <laughs> okay, there okay. Like, there's some people who <laughs> like they trying. only they only watch anime <laughs> in the original language they won't watch it with the English dub and it's like if you watch the English dub, then you're not a purist of animals. Like, right. There's up. different levels. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, so when you guys started doing it, I know now your the Blackguard comic is on Tumblr, right? Yeah. How did you, when you first were doing it, were you putting it online? Was that even a thing back then? Uh, How we were you actually, getting it out at the beginning? We actually had a website. Um, again, my brother, he went to school for computer science, so he built the website himself. Okay. And every, I think we were doing it every Wednesday. At one point, we were doing it twice a week, but... That you would put a new one up? We would put a new strip up. Like, okay. we would just do it, like, page by page. Um, That's so cool, because it's, like, back then, you know, people were blogging and doing regular... Yeah. And now, like, podcasts are regular things, yeah. so that was for you guys, was a new web page. Yeah, yeah. Like, learning how to, like, get things out on, like, a, a weekly basis and stay in contact with the audience and, you know, engaging them. Yeah, they were um, looking for it. So, yeah, we put up on the website... Um, I had a Deviant Art page, and that's where I put up a lot of it. And most people from Deviant Art saw it there, and then they would go to the website. Okay. But then you had I also, a lot of followers at the Deviant I did, Art. which was I don't know how, but somehow I, I gained the following <laughs> on Deviant Art. <laughs> um, so you must have been at that era, like you'd had what you said a couple of years out of mm-hmm. school, where you kind of weren't doing art, and um, and you had your music. But I guess it wasn't what you originally had wanted to do. So that must have been really exciting that you were getting back into it and you had this regular thing and oh, yeah. this whole other direction. I loved it. Um, it was like it recharged me because it was like I was reminded, like, oh, yeah, I came here to do comic books. Yeah. And then once I started doing that, I was like, I love this. And I started breaking it down. I was like, okay, man, like, at that point I was getting close to 30. And I was like, man. 30 came fast. It's like, before I know it, <laughs> I'll be 40. Before I know it, I'll be 50. I was like, do I want to be touring? Like, when I'm like 40 and 50. I was like, no. I was like, do you want to be at home drawing comics when you're 40 and 50? I was like, yeah, that sounds way <laughs> <Yeah>. more. <laughs> so that's what, that was like, that's what made the decision. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, comics is the way to go. Yeah, it's interesting, the idea of you're getting close to kind of a milestone birthday. And yeah. so you really, I think a lot of people had that, where you really have this fire into yourself to push things along yeah. and get back to what you wanted and I'm sure I mean most creative people can relate to working in a bar or restaurant and like as time goes on it, it's really hard it's a real slog yeah. and so if you don't every so often have something to juice you up then it's oh, yeah. the days just kind of go by and it's very hard to keep going like that very you know? true and to remember that you're working a job like that to support yourself in your creative thing right yeah 
Um, I wanted to ask you, so how, have your, uh, the materials that you used to draw, has that changed over time? Yeah, only, but only recently. Um, the funny thing about the comics, like when I first started the comic, I really was a pencil and ink kind of guy. And that's really all I wanted to do. I just wanted to be the pencil and ink guy. Yeah. I even tried to I tried to push the colors onto my brother. I was like, "Hey, man, you work with computers. Like, you want to just color it in with your computer?" And he did some of it. And then I was looking at it. And I was like, "Man, it's it's good." But you know, the artist in me was like, "It it could be better." Um. And you remember, you remember our friend Dwayne, Dwayne yeah. Brown. Yeah. Like, so he and I were roommates, and when he moved. He had like a box of Prismacolor markers, and he was like, "I don't want to take yeah. these, man. You want them?" I was That's like, worth a lot of money. I was like, "Sure, I'll take them." <laughs> <laughs> and then they just sat in a box for like a few years. I never touched them. And when we started the comic book, I was like, "I wonder if I can color these things in with markers." So I watched some videos on YouTube, learned how to use them. Um, also left out the fact that I did airbrushing for a few years. So. Oh, can you talk about that? I don't know much about airbrushing. airbrushing. Yeah, yeah. Um, airbrushing. I actually got the job. I think dude through Dwayne. <laughs> okay. Because um, he used to work there too. and I ran into him <clears> a few years when I first moved back to Savannah. I don't know yeah, if he was here and then think, he moved away. I think he's again. in, I he's in Louisiana well. now. Okay. He, he's living the life. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he got me the job there at the airbrush shop. What? Actually, no, it wasn't him. It was my friend Ted. What was the airbrush shop? The airbrush shop. So, at the, you know, like if you're in the mall, Sometimes you walk by and there'll be like a, a shop and people just airbrush people's names. Oh, on t-shirts on or whatever. T-shirts, yeah. Okay. So I, that sounds I, fun. I did that. Um, it is fun. It, like airbrushing itself is fun. Learning a new medium, you know, is always fun. It was the clients oh. that made it <laughs> difficult <laughs> because it was. I'm trying to say this in the most respectful way. It was always the people, you know, unfortunately. They had somebody pass away and it was always like hey can i get a shirt that says r.i.p oh it was a lot of memorial yeah shirts. Oh, okay so but that's man, a lot of pressure and they they did not know how to communicate what they wanted i guess looking yeah. back looking at where i'm at now i learned a lot because you had to learn how to help people get their ideas out that's interesting practice yeah to communicate with clients who aren't artsy at yeah. all and don't have even the words yeah. to talk to you yeah that that is a challenge that did they have like one t-shirt so you did it and you either messed up or not or were there many t-shirts we had we had like a, a box of shirts okay but you know you didn't want to just waste it so like people would like here's like here's a good example um i think we had white shirts and then sometimes people just bring in their own shirt so yeah that helped so they would come in like they would go to the store buy a black t-shirt and then they bring it over and they'd be like hey man um i want the shirt to say yada 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 you know and I was like, okay, cool. And then we break it down. I was like, okay, what colors do you want on this shirt? Now it's a black shirt. He'd be like, yeah, man, let me get purple, white, and black. The purple right. won't show up unless you the put white down yeah. first. <laughs> and then you, so like you have to double charge them for that. Yeah. But they're like, they're saying like, yeah, I want black on the shirt. And I was like, you already got yeah. black. Like, <laughs> they did not understand. It was like, why can't you put black on the shirt? A different like, shape. Yeah, <laughs> a different tone of black. Well, yeah, like things like that. Like, I mean, they would get upset with you. Like they would argue with you. And after a while, he's like, if you want me to charge you for this color, that's not going to show up. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I find this also too when um, just working in galleries and shops where you're selling things that, I mean, it's awful, but I guess people really aren't 
very educated in art at all, so sometimes there's just like, like very basic things to explain to people that sometimes is shocking. Yeah, it's like, there was a time where I, I questioned, I was like, am I even in a position to charge people for my art? Until you start talking to people who don't know anything about it, and that's not to speak like down to them or anything, but I was like, I know how to do something they don't. That's why I have to charge what I charge. You know? Yes. Because um, when you speak to someone and like they literally will spend a good 30 minutes trying to describe what they want. And then in like a minute, we can sit there and go, oh, you mean this, that, and that? Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, you got it. I was like, cool, I can do that. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> maybe you feel a little insecure about your level of it, but you compared to the average person or the person hiring mm-hmm. you, you are very, very expert. Compared yep. to, I know a lot of times I have to explain to people the difference between, like, the original and a print. You yeah. Know, something like that. Maybe people don't, literally don't understand what those words mean. Yeah. The original painting versus the print of the painting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Um, so, okay, so that, that sounds, the airbrushing thing, at first I thought you meant it was almost like like those shops at the beach, like at Tybee, where you're airbrushing a sunset or something. But you were doing these really serious memorial things for people. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, because I got there, and I think the reason they brought me along, because <clears throat> they had guys that could do, like, you know, like, the guy that hired me, he was also a sequential art major. Um, but he was also really good with, like, the fonts. Like, the way he could, like, make the... The, the shapes of the letters and I yeah. mean he could do various ones he could like do a beautiful a, handwriting yeah he could do it in old English he could do it in cursive uh, and then he was really good with the graffiti stuff too um, but then for me I think I was brought along because it's like well he's really good with cartoons so sometimes they just wanted like a picture of Tweety Bird on their, on their shirt yeah and I think that's kind of my forte although Ted was really good I mean Ted was good at everything that's so funny. I never knew you did this. I love that this was sort of your entry to get back into Yeah, into yeah. It's art. like, when you look back on it, it's like, I think God, the universe, whatever whatever it is you believe in, like, I think he set things to kind of get me back. Yeah, he gave you a little. To where he wanted his. Little like, crumbs. Yeah, with the hair brushing and then my brother coming back. And then I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I do miss drawing. I want to get back to it. <laughs> okay, so, and I think we, we started talking about this because we were talking about materials. So for the longest time, it was pencil, ink, markers. I was just traditional. And yeah. I kind of liked the fact that over time, people would see my stuff and they'd be like, oh, man, what'd you use to color this? And I was like, markers. It's like, that's marker? And I was like... Oh, you were doing it in an interesting way that people mm-hmm. didn't usually do? Like, people thought, like, people thought it was, like, digital sometimes. Oh. And I was like, no. Nah. I was like, these are all markers. It's that's like, right, because markers are the really classic thing mm-hmm. that sequential artists use right? yeah and like before like I was like even when people said like yeah I color with marker I'm thinking like you know Crayola markers I'm just like you can't make anything good with Crayola mar-. although now like I would like to challenge myself to see if I could do something good with a Crayola marker <laughs> but it's not, I'm thinking like Crayola markers like from preschool and like they're yeah. always like drying out like after three yeah. rubs you know you didn't conceive of this level of artist marker yeah like <laughs> I think I found an artist on DeviantArt and I was like he did that with marker <laughs> Let me see if I can get good with marker. Only recently did I um, switch over to digital. And I mean, by recently, I mean, I've only been doing it a few months. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break real quick. And then when we get back, I want to keep talking to you about all this technical stuff. Because this is great. One second. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. 
Trees are one of Chatham County's most treasured natural resources. Beyond their beauty and cultural significance, the impact of trees are far-reaching and compounding, spanning from economic benefits to health improvements to climate change resilience. Trees are woven into every aspect of our lives. Savannah Tree Foundation protects and grows Chatham County's urban forest through tree planting, community engagement, and advocacy. More information is available at savannatree.org. This portion of WRUU's programming is brought to you by listeners and by Brighter Day Natural Foods. Brighter Day Natural Foods has been serving Savannah's healthy food and supplement needs since 1978. It is located at the corner of Bull Street and Park Avenue. They have online ordering and curbside delivery available. And now a walk-up window for smoothies, juices, and sandwiches from the deli. They are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. More information can be found at brighterdayfoods.com. What does it mean when we say that WRUU is a community radio station? It doesn't just mean that we invite the community to create programming. And it doesn't just mean that we're a voice for the community. It also means that we're counting on the community to keep us going. And you are the community. Almost all of our modest budget comes from small annual or monthly donations from listeners like you. You get to enjoy our community-focused programming because many others have stepped forward to do their part. Now do your part by joining our community of listener donors. Go to WRUU.org right now and make a one-time or monthly donation. And thank you for supporting Savannah's community radio station, 107.5 FM. Hey, everyone. Welcome back from the break. This is Arts on the Air. I'm Tamara Garvey, and I'm here with Willie Smith. Welcome back. Hey. (laughs) So before the break, we were talking about... um, Willie's sequential art and how you started out with inking and now you're recently getting more into digital art. Can you tell us about how you did that transition and why after so many years you decided to do that? Um, so like a lot of things in life, it was kind of like by force. Um, I was getting to a point where a lot of stuff I was using just wasn't working anymore. Like the sketchbooks I like to use, they switched their paper and it wasn't working with the markers, like the markers would smear. Oh, wow. Um, and then they started changing the price on the markers where you can only get a box set instead of like the individual markers. So it was just all these things were lining up and I found myself drawing less because I wasn't happy with like the way the products were working together. And around the time all that happened, um, a coworker of mine had a tablet and he didn't need it. And he said, hey, do you want a tablet? Did you ever think about doing digital? And I was like, I've thought about it. Yeah. Just never had an opportunity. Because people probably were doing digital and sequential art for years oh, and yeah. years for, now, for right? For a long time. Everyone yeah. was like wondering, like, when are you going to do digital? I was <laughs> like, well, I'm doing okay with my traditional. So. <laughs> but then um, he had this tablet. And not only did he have it, and I was like, hey, man, I'll buy it off you. And he's like, you can have it for free. And free is always good. Yeah. So, <laughs> Especially with your... These markers now moving to box yeah, sets. That's quite like, a change for yeah. this company to do that. Yeah, I was like, man, I, was like, man, I don't want to have to buy a box just from one marker that color that I need. I wonder if this company has inspired many, many artists to now go digital. I feel I feel like that's, that's what's going to happen. Weird, okay. And I feel bad for the marker companies. <laughs> but maybe they'll switch back over. But um, So yeah, I switched over to digital. And What program do you use? I use uh, Clip Studio Paint. Clip Studio Paint, okay. Yeah, it's... Uh, 
I asked around, I asked a few other artists, and I was like, what are some programs that y'all like? I mean, of course, there's Photoshop. Yes. But um, an artist of mine, or an artist friend of mine that I know, um, he uses it, and I will always see what he's doing with it. I was like, man, his stuff looks just like his traditional work, just, you know, a little bit more crisp. And he said that Clip Studio was like, it felt, it still felt like you were drawing on paper. Oh. And that's what I wanted. I was like, I don't want to feel like I'm typing in art or, you know, clicking on a mouse to yeah. make art. Like, that's what I didn't want. Um, so I tried it out, and I was, I was able to easily recreate one of my own drawings. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And plus the benefits of, for commissions, if someone says, hey, can we switch the color to this? <laughs> You can instantly change yes, it in digital. Yes, yes. <laughs> Whereas, oh man, you, you know how it's it is because you, you paint. You know, like with uh, with markers, man, I always tell them, hey man, once this color is down, it is down. So I can't go back after this. Yeah, that's not even as easy. Like if with a painter, you could always just paint over it with opaque white and then put another color down. But with mm -hmm. markers, you can't even do no. that. You need the pure paper. You can't yeah. be markering on a layer of paint. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so, I, and the, I wanted to talk about before you were talking about that the, the art you, that you've gotten back into is doing this web comic with your brother. But your main thing now is you got into doing wrestling themed art, mm -hmm. which is wild. That is wild. How <laughs> <laughs> have you always been very into pro wrestling? I have um, since I was a kid. And I mean, I think everyone watches it when they're a kid. You know, I watched it as a kid. I kind of stepped away from it a little bit. Um, and then when I was out in El Paso for the army, um, there's nothing else to do. And I just kind of bought like a, a WrestleMania <laughs> and I watched it and I was like, oh man, this is awesome. And then I fell back into it. And then after that, man, that was it. Like I was watching every week. And what really happened is um, I started finding out how wrestling works behind the scenes. And that's where I really got into it. Like the performance yeah because you know you sit there and you watch it and it's like you don't think much of it until you start finding like oh okay so these guys are friends and backstage they sat down and literally said like hey for 20 minutes we're going to do this and then we're going to do this spot and then we're going to do this spot and this yeah. spot and then the match is going to end here and then you hear stories where like sometimes they mess up but you don't know they messed up until they play the clip back and you you see it and it's like oh he did mess up he missed this cue and that's why he was on the on the mat for so long. It's like really violent theater. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like they always say, like it's, it's theater and it's um, ballet, <laughs> but with violence, <laughs> with violence all all together. Um, so your main your main art now that you do, you are drawing like uh, what are they called? Char character figure? What I don't um, even know. I just I mean I wouldn't even say. Some people would say like oh it's like you do caricatures of of wrestlers, but to me I was like I just draw them. I just draw them the way I see them okay. when they're on screen. Like I think the reason I got into wrestling because I'm a big fan of uh, fighting games, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, all that stuff. And when I was watching wrestling, I was like, wrestling is just a live action Street Fighter. You just have a bunch of people all trying to get the belt and they fight each other to get this belt. So I was like, what if I just drew wrestlers as if they were going to be in a Street Fighter game? That's really what started it. Oh, okay. I did that for fun. A few of the wrestlers saw it. This is so on Instagram. You on were posting Instagram. those on Instagram, mm -hmm. and you were just tagging people, and then some of the like professional wrestlers saw this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they shared it, and professional wrestlers have a big audience. So when they share it, 
a lot of people see yeah. it, and then all of those people would come back to my page. Because you have your, I mean, your Instagram is, how, is it like 18, 19,000 followers or something? Something like that. It's your big thing. This, and this is, and I wanted to like put a pause and talk about how it's so interesting when I reach out to you to interview you that I know that you're like making, making all this money and having these steady commissions and things with your wrestling art, but you don't have a website. You didn't have a place to read a bio. Like, people are just seeing you on your Instagram and then hiring you through that, Mm -hmm. which is probably unusual for someone to get to your level of having this much business and not have these, like, standard trappings. Mm -hmm. Um, So, anyway, you just, you got all these Twitter followers from the people who are fans of the wrestlers, and then people just started, like, messaging you and asking you to do commissions? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Like, if you happen to draw a wrestler, and I mean, different wrestlers have different you know size followings but if you draw one like especially someone that's like on like wwe's main shows like raw or smackdown and that shows like on network television like every week yeah um and they share it immediately people like your inbox starts getting hit up and people like hey i saw this wrestler that my son is a fan of share your artwork and my son's birthday is coming up can you either draw my son dressed up as the wrestler? Oh. Can you draw my son standing next to the yeah, wrestler? Yeah. You know, like things like that. Yeah, they and want it, you to create a little scene. Yeah, and then sometimes it's like, hey, um, I don't really want a wrestling drawing, but can you draw me and my wife as, you know, Thor and Lady Thor? Yeah. You know, things like that. Just something in this realm of, like, fantasy yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, Did you, so really quickly, I think this is interesting because for doing custom things a lot of times you need like your terms laid out and different sizes and different prices and for people to choose so I guess pretty quickly you had to work out for yourself like what options you were going to give them and how to work out your pricing and yeah. how to bill people and how to make sure they pay you like that's a lot how did yeah. that go getting getting all that going um, it was it was a learning process um, I think I really I kind of got my practice in like there's one time where I really was just tight on money uh, I a lot of the things happened just because I was either, I was just forced into it, you know, because I didn't really have a plan for any of it. I was tight on money, and I was like, people keep asking me for commissions. Let's just say, um, I just said, hey, guys, I'm going to do $30 commissions. Um, quick little drawings, one person or one character. Um, first 10 people to hit me up, y'all get them. And, like, in an hour... They had all filled up. Okay. And I was just like, damn, I just made $300. You know? So um, that's where I started. And then from there, you know, as I started doing more, I was like, okay, some of these are taking a little bit longer. I got to start charging more. And people start asking you for extras. Like, you say it's going to be this, and then people are like, but can you also add this, this, this? And so you have to, like, have an answer and have kind of boundaries. That's the challenge. And this is where um, serving definitely helped. Because now I was like, I kind of try to learn how to lay out everything. I was like, okay, starting price is this. If you want anything similar to this added, it's going to jump up to this. If you want anything similar to this added, then it's going to jump up to this. I try to let them know the price range. Yeah. So even if they do end up adding stuff, I was like, okay, that's within the realm of where we talk. You've already told them what it was. And the good thing, the more that you've done, the more like actual examples you can point to to them. Yeah. Like, here's what it looked like when I did three characters. Exactly. Exactly. And then this is where, what you were saying earlier, this is where the website does come in handy and this is where like now I'm like okay I do need a website because it gets tiring having to pull up references of pictures I have saved on my phone yeah where I can just say hey go to my website 
look at my examples. And you, are you having all these conversations through like Instagram? Just messaging? on Instagram Messenger. <laughs> yeah, it, sounds, it sounds like a pain just technically to maintain all that. Oh yeah, yeah. There right? are days where like that's all I do. It's just messaging. Yeah, just messaging. Right? There's, there's no drawing. It's and, just messaging. Yes, yeah, sending people links to things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I started doing. I have a website and I have a listing on there for doing like a custom pet portrait or a custom house portrait. And yeah, eventually when I had done a few of each of them, then it's nice because you can like put it up and you have a bunch yeah. of different photos yeah. and different size options and like a drop down box and they just choose what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the very beginning of that is hard. And like you said, it is trial and error. And at the beginning, I think everybody intercharges a bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're a little bit like people pleasery about it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then so eventually in your bio, you said it led to a collaboration or a job with the World Wrestling entertainment themselves mm-hmm. how uh how long was it that you were doing these so things um, before they noticed you maybe maybe two years okay two years of just doing wrestling drawings and i remember i told myself i was like man you know i i think i just i want to reach a point where the wrestlers know who i am and maybe they talk about me amongst themselves in the locker room. You know, I was like, that would be cool. Because, you know, I'm still just a fan, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think it got to a point because sometimes wrestlers have reached out to me saying, hey, um, I saw you draw so-and-so. And I was wondering if you could do something for me. I had done some drawings for the actual wrestlers. But then WWE hit me up because I guess they'd seen so much of my stuff. And... It was for uh, Topps trading cards, like WWE's trading cards. Oh, I remember that for baseball cards. Yeah. I used to like baseball cards. Like, um, the guy that I guess helped runs that, he he was like, hey, man, I'm a fan of your art. I want you to do some cards for us. And like, that's how it happened. Wow, that is a big job. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it go with negotiating a contract with them and working out all the details with them? It was pretty straightforward, man. Um, he pretty much he emailed me all the information I needed. He said, hey, like... This is what uh, this is what you're gonna get paid. Um, this is the date we need it by. These are the dimensions we need it for. Because um, like, there were two different opportunities. The first one, I just did two drawings, and unfortunately, like that series got canceled. I still got paid though. But he's like, "Hey, man, unfortunately, like, they're gonna cut this series. We're not gonna put these cards out." And I was like, "Dang." Oh. But then, like, about a year later, he hit me up again. He's like, hey, we're going to do another one. Um, just submit 10 ideas for cards, and we'll pick the ones we like. And Was it the same kind of series? Like, you're just drawing different wrestlers? Just different wrestlers. Like, okay. this time, like, I think the first one it was supposed to be, like, versus series. Like, two wrestlers going up against each other. Okay. This one, it was just individual portraits of the characters or, or the wrestlers. And he said, submit 10 ideas. We'll send it to WWE, and the ones they like, we'll pick them. And then he hit me back. He's like, uh, yeah, they like them all, so we want all 10. And I was like, sheesh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so like that was like probably like as far as like wow. professional things go, like that's like the biggest thing yeah. so far. And that's why I think that's interesting for people to hear that you you kind of had that once and then it didn't go well and you yeah. like had been thinking you had this big job and it got yeah, yeah. You know, cut or whatever and you still got paid it wasn't anything you did it just got cut from higher up and then like a year went by and then you got that job again yeah and it's like that's where um if any young artists are listening and like that's where staying professional 
like really kicks in because I could have been like, oh, some people like they bring too much stuff to social media. They want to complain about missed oh, opportunities. If you publicly said something, yeah, it's like, that. oh man, I guess yeah. tops. I wasn't good enough for tops. You know, I could have. You know, <laughs> people will always want to make a big scene. I just, I just said I I got the email from him. I was like, hey man, that's unfortunate. I really wish we could have done it. But I was like, hey man, if you ever need any more work, let me know. Yeah. Uh, keep in touch, you know. And I mean, also I was just friendly with him. I, I think I found out around the holidays. I was like, hey man, regardless, you know, happy holidays, enjoy your time with family. And I mean. <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't just saying that just to blow smoke up his butt. I mean, I meant that. Yeah. But um, but I think he remembered that. And he's like, hey, you know, he took it very professionally. And yeah, he really liked your art anyway. Yeah. So when he actually had the opportunity, he was going to come back to you. Yeah. I mean, it's That's again, cool. like things you learn from serving, you know, it's like sometimes a serve, like something unfortunate happens and you treat the person nicely anyway. And then, you know, they still leave you a good tip. It's like sometimes just be a good person, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I see too many young artists like put too much personal stuff on social media yes. like hey man like that could come back to bite you Don't yes absolutely um can you we talk about your next goals for your business anything new that you're working on right now um my next goals what i really want to do like i miss drawing comics and um my brother and i we did have a chance to get to do like a, a animated short for blackguard oh um with one of our friends and that's where we kind of stepped away from the comic because we were focusing on that. And uh, my brother has gotten really busy with doing a lot of writing for like TV show pilots and things like that. Oh, really? And he got away from his uh, computer. Yeah, his web yeah, design? yeah. He, I don't even think he does that anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's really into writing now. Like he writes all kinds of projects with his um, comedy friends. And for me, I'm just like, man, I really. And I was just talking to him about this the other day, and I was like, I really want to draw another comic book. Yeah. I think that's the next goal for me. Especially yeah, sounds, now with digital, it's so much easier. Yeah, you switch into digital, which is, like you said, faster, and then it sounds like he's working in this industry, so mm. you guys would be doing it and possibly getting it at some higher level than you would have before, right. which is cool. Right. Um, and one final thing I did want to ask, I know that you, you've started making prints of your work. Mm -hmm. Where do you go to get those done? Um, creative Approach is my main place to, okay. to go. Now, I haven't, I know there are other places I want to try, but... I mean, creative approaches, it's like a 10-minute walk from my apartment. Yeah. So it's the most convenient. And it's to a point now they know exactly what I want. I just walk in there and get, I get usual. it to them. Yeah. Um, and then a final thing I commented to ask, since uh, you working with your brother on a creative project can be really hard. Do you have any words of wisdom for other up-and-coming people who want to do group projects like this? Uh, when it comes to a group project, and I guess this also comes from, from doing the rap thing, too, um, If you have a choice, you, you gotta go into you gotta go into that business with somebody that has the same work ethic as you, um, and I think that's why doing what, the comic with my brother was a no-brainer. Because like we literally were raised with the same work ethic, <laughs> we were raised by the same parents. So um, I mean, it was nothing for me to be up at like two in the morning drawing a comic, email him the pages, and then see him up at six in the morning adding the text so that we could have it out by like 11 o'clock that right, day. Right, like making your commitment, yeah, your deadline. Yeah, um, and then, so yeah, like, if you have a choice, if you know the people that you're going into that business with, you know, make sure you know them as people. Um, sometimes going into it with just a friend because they're just your friend, I mean, they could be yeah. a good friend, but they could be a terrible, 
So as far as qualities to have in common, you think yeah. the work ethic is the work most ethic. They, they gotta they gotta have work ethic. They gotta want it. And I mean, I guess that even applies to me. Like stepping away from music, I was like, I don't want to slow up my friends that still really really want this. You know, it's like I kind. I mean, I like this, but it's not like driving me. Yeah. But the art thing drove me. It's great. I love that. It's great advice. Um, all right, so now I want to ask you, our, Melissa and I have our questions at the end that's our, our inside the actor studio questions. So I would ask you if you are walking down the street alone or getting ready to go out, you have a song that plays in your head that jazzes you up. It's like your theme song for yourself. Mm. First one that comes to mind, um, the intro theme to Cowboy Bebop. That's my favorite my favorite show okay um, if you never heard it's a very jazz funk jazz type type song I'm gonna go away and listen to it yeah what's that I'll, I'll go away and listen to it okay now. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll jazz myself up it's, it's good it's a good song <laughs> that gets me pumped every time okay um, Melissa would ask can you name a person or a couple people in your field who've really inspired you um oh there's a lot the first one that yeah. comes to mind um Sanford Green, who draws comics now for like Marvel and DC. I mean, he's drawn for, he's drawn Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, all those guys. But he's from South Carolina, like myself. And I actually got to meet him at a convention. And this is back when Gerard and I were just starting Black Dark. I had my little um, portfolio with all my comic book pages. And I showed it to him. I was like, hey, man, I'm a big fan. I would just be honored if you would just look at my art and just tell me what I need to work on. And he looked at it, and he's like, man, this is cool. Like, hearing one of your, like, artist heroes say, like, hey, man, this is cool. That was one thing. But then he just, I always remember this. He said, hey, man, um, just work on your fundamentals, and you'll be fine. And, like, I always remember that. You know, I by, love that. By encouraging me. You know? um, okay, I had a question. Um, if you weren't doing what you were doing for a living, what is another field that you would like to try? Oh, oh if I wasn't doing art right now, It'd be music, but I don't think I'd be rapping okay. as much. I do it here and there, but um, I didn't even get to touch this. Like once I stepped away from rapping, I started getting into like music production. Like again, somebody had a software where you can make music on your computer, and they gave it to me. It's <laughs> um, kind of how things work in Savannah. I did a drawing for him. He gave me the software, and I really got into. I bought like a little keyboard, and. I started making beats and that's why I was like I think this is what I really would have kept doing if I was doing music I would have stepped away from okay. the mic and I would have just made the beats for the rappers because I really like working on chords and harmonies and laying down drums I love yeah. all that stuff so that's probably what I'd be doing maybe if you and your brother end up doing an actual like a, a, real, a comic then you can do the music for yeah it. yeah that's the dream of mine I was like I'd love to like make a soundtrack and that was like I have music that I've made I just and lazy about sharing it but I make it I'm just like this is the theme for this character and this is the theme for this character and this is the theme for this fight like I have songs just reserved for yeah all it's that real stuff. multimedia yeah okay and the final question Melissa would ask since she is a co-owner at eShaper she'd ask if you have a, a book that really inspires you man that's tough um cause I don't want to just use the cheap way and say an art book you Maybe. can say that why not cause like there there are several art books that I just study all the time. Yeah, talk um, about that. So yeah, like um, any of the art books that feature the art from Street Fighter. 
or, or Capcom artwork, like books what, what that, was that Capcom, Capcom, Capcom. That's like the company that made the Street Fighter okay. games. Like all of the like they have like these like libraries collections of all their artwork from like the '90s and like that '90s era of Street Fighter artwork is like what I try to capture in my own stuff. And I have like tons of those books like on my shelf. And whenever I hit a dry spell, I just grab one and I just flip through it. So I would say visually that one. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as reading, I mean, this may sound cliche, but um, I still get things out of the Bible that just. But it's like I had to get someone that's like a contemporary. Can you suggest a contemporary? Oh yeah, um, there are two: Darius Daniels, um, and I mean when he's sitting there talking to you about the Bible, but then you say things like, "Y'all remember that episode of Martin?" I was like, "I remember that episode of Martin," and like he <laughs> can compare it to the Bible. And I'm just like, "Okay, yeah." And then there's another guy, Stephen Furtick, and I guess for him, it's reassuring to listen to a pastor that still likes Metallica. And I'm like, "Okay," because <laughs> you know I grew up in the church, but I also grew up listening to heavy metal. The church of Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, man, you know sometimes like the chord hits you like that song of Metallica." I'm like, "Yeah." All right. Yeah, it's like, and plus, I mean, the, these guys, they just, they just wear regular stuff and out of there, like, all decked out in these fancy suits. <laughs> and, like, they're around my age, so they're referencing things that I know. So, yeah, like, okay. those just guys. Those translators. Those translators, cool. yeah. Thank you. Well, Willie, this was fantastic. Thank you so much. So glad to talk to you. And I will post links to your places in our um, show notes. Awesome. <laughs> Mini interview. <laughs> Hey, this is Tamara Garvey, and I am with local artist Michelle Perez, good friend of mine who I've run into selling her artwork in the park frequently. Welcome, Michelle. Hi. Thank Hi. you for having me. Of course. <laughs> so good to see you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started selling your art in the park? Hmm. Uh, I was working a retail job and not making enough art, and I was working on a bunch of pet portrait commissions at the time. And I decided one day that I wanted to do it full-time, so I went out with a sign that said, I will paint your pet. And uh, I took out whatever prints of whatever art I had at the time, which had nothing to do with anything touristy, no local uh, landscapes. I had never made a landscape at that point. Oh. Yeah. So I just I went out there to try to get more work. Wow, so you, <laughs> your, your art has really changed over time because you are known for your beautiful trees and squares paintings and there must be as far as I know selling publicly and having a thing where you have to like haul your art out and set it up and then take it back down I used to sell my art in Central Park when I lived in New York so I know there's a huge learning curve for the display and everything can you tell us a little bit about how your display and your strategy has changed as you've been doing this well initially I was an oil painter only when I started to paint landscapes and I took my paints and a pretty big easel on my bicycle with my prints ah. and just way too much weight. Yeah, <laughs> uh, It was really fun. Eventually I, I really made everything as compact as I possibly could. I wanted to keep it simple. Mm. I wanted to be able to pick everything up if it started to rain and go home. Yeah, I wanted to make it easy to start a painting and and then be able to pack it up. Yeah, and just be able yeah. to pack it Especially because it, yeah. it rains so much here. I also didn't, in. I didn't want to pack a bunch of supplies, to, which happened often. I would pack up to make a painting, and then I would spend the day talking to people, which was mm. the purpose of being out there. But then I wouldn't complete the painting. So yeah. after doing that over and over and over, 
I realized that I could just take a sketchbook or anything smaller, maybe some... I tried gouache. That's how I actually yeah, got into gouache. something faster. That yeah. makes complete yeah. sense. <laughs> um, what has been your biggest surprise about selling publicly to people? How much it's helped me grow mm. as a person, not even an artist. It's definitely helped me grow as an artist, but just as a, as a human. Um, the kinds of people that I have the opportunity to meet every time I go out there, maybe not every time, but I'm always surprised by, um, always inspired by the people that I meet, whether it's a, a new artist that's selling, a person traveling through town, someone that's a local, um, hearing other people's stories and just connecting with people has been beautiful. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. um, I did, that leads me right into my next question. <laughs> I wanted to ask about if you have any particularly nice interaction that you can recall with someone. Oh, I just put this away recently. I have this, uh, I have a memory box and I was looking through it recently and I found this letter that a kid sent me that I had met at the park and I'm pretty, this happens all the time. Oftentimes a parent doesn't want to buy the art or mm. they can't afford it or whatever the reason and I would just connect with a child and they really want something and I'll just give it to them yeah. and I'll tell them, here, it's for you to feel more inspired, like go home and draw something. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, this kid sent me back some drawings oh. <laughs> and I, I recently found them. This probably happened like a year and a half ago or something yeah. like that. Uh, but that was really sweet. That was really, really sweet. That's incredible. You had a follow-up. Yeah. yeah, it's really yeah. sweet. I actually thought about sending a postcard recently. Yeah. Wow. Well, it, could, it could be like Hopefully real pen pals. Address. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's an incredible answer. Um, well, thank you so much for talking to us, Michelle. If you could just tell everybody. Um, so it's Foresight Park. That's the park we're talking about. Can you tell us like if they want to come visit you and see you, see your bench full of beautiful art, mm. how, when could people... I, to maybe see you. I usually go out and set up in the morning between 9 to 1 or 2, depending on the weather. Mm. Uh, usually between Friday and Monday. Okay. <laughs> That's fantastic. Never I want to go. Thank you so much, everyone. This Thank is you Michelle so Perez. Bye. See you later. <laughs> Here are some fun creative events coming up over the next week. Thursday at 7 p.m., there's an artsy movie at the Lucas Theater called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Friday at 7 p.m., there's a free-spirited cover band called Outlaw Gypsy playing at Molly McGuire's. Saturday at 10.15 a.m. is the monthly meeting of Fiber Guild of the Savannas. That's going to be at Oatland Island. Um, through October 22nd, there's a show at Sulphur Studio. It's Lisa D. Watson's Mixed Media Works. The show is called Avant Gardener. And through October 26th, Heather Zatmarie has an art show at Rule of Three Gallery. It's called How Much Is Not Enough. Up next on WRUU, it's That Old Savannah Magic from 4 to 6 p.m. It's a variety show featuring Savannah history, radio theater, interviews, and music. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul.